0: I do my best to live a healthy lifestyle. I try to get out there, work out, break a sweat when possible. I'm not necessarily a fitness or a a wellness freak, but I'm just trying to be a little bit healthier every single day, which is where Sun Warrior comes into play for me. It is a plant-based, eco-friendly, performance-boosting, all Things brand that I want to talk about, and it's their active nutrition line that is something that I've been messing around with over the course of the past couple of months, and it's really working out for me because with protein, creatine, pre-workout, and hydration, these products are designed to optimize your performance, and I'm always up for optimizing any aspect of my life, even boosting my own energy reserves or being more hydrated after a long day in the gym or on the golf course. It really does turbocharge my recovery. It's something that I really take seriously and it's real nutrition for real life. So go check out sunwarrior.com and use code first Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your DFS preview for this week's Butterfield Bermuda Championship. Joining me to break it all down. Greg Ducharm is here. Greg, we've made it the one we've had circled on our calendars all year long. The
2: Butterfield Bermuda Championship is here. This is actually a really cool event. Um, you know, it doesn't always draw the greatest field it's the it's the middle of fall the middle of football season we know that we know what it means Um, but it is a really cool venue you get some great views and it could turn out to be a really cool event so i i do like this tournament um it's a difficult one to handicap it can be a challenging one to predict um but there are a lot of reasons for that which we can dive into here shortly
0: yeah and we've learned a lot about butterfield and bermuda in recent years like i'm pretty sure butterfield is a bank didn't we we've determined that before
2: i believe so that might have been two years ago we discovered that yes um so yeah that we we learned that Uh, we know bermuda is part of the triangle and they use it in the logo and the trophy which is elite absolutely it's fantastic trophy and i've i haven't been to bermuda but i've heard it is a
0: phenomenal vacation spot i believe it's a phenomenal golf destination i've not i've not been there either but there are something like 8 or 9 golf courses on the island but because of how small the island is it's like the largest concentration of golf courses in the world
2: the two i know of are this one <laughs> yeah. port royal yeah and uh and mid ocean which are both spectacular phenomenal views really cool
0: short island golf course very cool well this course also had to be basically like retrofitted for the pga tour like 15 years ago they came through and they did everything they could greg but if you if you look at it on paper it might be a little bit jarring here's the scorecard 6,828 yards par 71 that is quite short pga tour standards
2: yes um and you know there's why is it so short well one of the things that jumps out to me is the length of the par threes okay so the the par fours are all under 460 yards and the par threes are pretty much all over 200 yards yeah uh you have one one short one. one
0: short one number three 148 but eight, eight is 213, 13 is 235, and 16 is 235 as well.
2: So those are big par threes. And when you're looking at design on a small piece of property, par threes are a great place to add some long irons into the game. Um, but other than that and the par fives, the par fives become mid to long irons into the greens as well uh, as the longest the longest par fives number two, 553. Um, so other than that, you're talking about a lot of wedges into greens. But, but when it comes to design, you make up a lot of ground with par threes. Longer par three doesn't take up as much space. That's where you get your, your long irons mixed in there. And they can definitely provide a challenge, especially in the wind the
0: yeah the wind. So good call there. Something to keep an eye on. Uh it is, you know, we're live on on Monday afternoon. It looks like Saturday and Sunday could get a little windy. Obviously that that could change. It also looks like there could be a wave advantage. Greg, we'll we'll see as we get closer here, but that is really uh that's one of my favorite parts about this event is yes, it, it can be short on paper, but if we can get those 20, 25 mile an hour wins, it's like all bets are off.
2: <laughs> yeah, you better have control of your golf ball, even with wedges. You know, short golf courses in the wind are really fun. <laughs> and they're fun to watch because good shots are rewarded, but the the shots that are just a little bit offline are penalized in sometimes some dramatic ways. So that's that's really cool to watch. You know, the other thing is with this distance it doesn't really benefit long hitters. It doesn't really benefit short hitters, right? Those things are kind of wide open as far as style is concerned. The one thing I will say is when you're hitting driver, spin rates tend to go down and you want to keep your spin rates down in the wind. And so it can give a little bit of an advantage to shorter hitters Um Mm. where you're hitting driver and longer hitters are hitting it. You're trying to hit it to the same place.
0: Um so that can that can be a kind of quasi-advantage. Not not to get off on a like a nerdy tangent, but uh with higher spin rates, that is more impacted by the wind because why? Because the wind, the wind can just keep it keep it spinning faster in a in a direction you don't want it to go in. Yeah, it's
2: exactly right. If you end up
0: with a little bit of
2: side spin on it, it will uh, it, it will affect it even more. Hmm. So the shot with low spin bores through the wind, where the shot with a little higher spin tends to ride up ride up on the wind a little bit more. Um, I can't get so technical Rick to explain that to you in detail. That's okay. You've done enough. (laughs) Yes. Um, but uh, let's just say science and aerodynamics. We'll leave it at that.
0: Uh, one thing before we, before we jump into the names of, of this week, I wanted to throw out the, the four champions that we've had here. Brendan Todd, Brian Gay, Lucas Herbert, Seamus power. Is there a through line there, Greg, between those types, those guys?
2: Um, well, Seamus Power may be the exception, but great putters. Yeah. Right. Herbert, Gay, and Todd are phenomenal putters.
0: Like, like all-time putters. Yes.
2: Yeah. Uh, for their careers. Right. Seamus has been a very good putter.
0: Yeah. He goes through stretches.
2: Right. He, But he's not a you know, legendary. I mean, Brian Gay is a legendary putter. Brendan Todd is led. I mean, these guys
0: are. Yeah. And Lucas Herbert has been one of the best putters in the world for the last couple of years. Uh, not he, We're yeah. not at a decade yet, but like, he's a very, very good putter. He just,
2: that's, a, that's how he keeps his card. Yeah. From the putting. So that would be the one through line. And in your, in your stats here. Yeah. It's reflected. Yeah, the uh, model,
0: the model loves. Wedges and putting,
2: wedges and putting,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah, there's and, a, a lot of variants to that, or, or, or um, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. They've, you know, it's like uh, you die. Oh, short putts, long putts, uh, you know, scrambling and approaches from inside 125. But that's when you kind of put it all together. It likes those shots from inside 125 yards and, and guys that can roll it.
2: Yeah, so you don't want to play these guys in in uh, your member guest. They'll <laughs> eat. You know, they'll tear you apart. Um, but again, not a huge difference between, uh, great tee to green players and weaker tee to green players here. You can get away with a lot off the tee short and crooked can work here. uh, If you're good with your wedges and your putter, I mean, Aaron Badley is another guy that comes to mind last year played phenomenal. And he has, although he has a wonderful golf swing, driving has been a big issue for him in his career. Iron play has been an issue, but the, with the wedges and putters, uh, with the wedges and putter, he's excelled through his entire career, and it was no different last. Well, last year, he finished like sixth, I believe. Um, so you know, he's another type of player that can do well here.
0: All right. Well, we're gonna talk more names, and we're gonna go through the DraftKings pricing uh, tier by tier. But first, we're gonna take a quick break and hear a word from our partners.
1: Passion, drive, and patience.
0: And we're back. Here's the cheat sheet on my website, rickrungood.com. And Greg, there are four golfers over $10,000 this week. Adam Scott leads the way, making his debut in Bermuda, $10,700. Thomas Dietrich, $10,500. Brandon Todd, who we've already mentioned in the show, $10,300. And then an even 10K for Akshay Batia. Those are the big boys this week.
2: Yes. um, Kind of... An interesting group up top. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Brendan Todd, first of all, is I'm um, an absolute yes on him. Right. His last start at the Fortinet was a sixth. He's won here. He's, uh, he, he has a win and a miss cut in his two starts here. Uh, but when Brendan Todd gets on golf courses where distance isn't a priority, mm-hmm. he is as reliable as they come. It's not every time but he really starts to excel when wedges and putters are the test that's that's his game and i trust him in that sense so
0: you know, he's i agree my top guy I, I tend to agree with you here, him, him and Akshay are are where I'm spending my money at the top. I mean, he is from 125 yards and in about as good as it gets on the PGA tour. We already talked about the putter. He's got the history around this place. He's coming off of a good finish. Like I'm not sure how much we need to overthink this. Brendan Todd seems to be a pretty, a pretty viable option. He and Akshay are my kind of one, a one B. I don't really care what order you want to put them in. Yeah. Akshay is such an interesting case. Yeah, I'm a little bit more like uh, like I'm a glutton for punishment. So like I, I probably like Akshay more than I should. But I understand that he he would make a lot of people queasy, I think. Maybe that's
2: exactly why you play him. (laughs) Because, you know, there there is a world where in five years looking at this field, Akshay Batia is by far the best and most accomplished player. Adam Scott, maybe give him a run for his money. Um, but Akshay could be the class of a field like this. That's a, like an
0: interesting way to look at it, right? Like a Victor Hovland when he won in Puerto Rico or even like right now when he won in Puerto Rico, it's like these events are guys, some of the guys get their first wins here and then they like never come back to defend it because they never play it again. Right. Cause
2: they're, <laughs> you know, they're too busy with playing with the big boys, right? right. In, in these other events, I could see Akshay being, becoming that type of player, Uh, He's not there yet. He's got some work to do, but we've been talking about him all fall. He's like, if you're looking at a season long fantasy football player, Akshay is like an every week starter because he could just go nuts one week. Uh, And this is a good matchup to use their terminology.
0: Yeah, let's keep it going. I love that. Um, <laughs> I'll try to think of a couple more more throughout. So, so uh, I think we're both interested in Oxham and Brandon Todd at the, at the bottom of the 10K range, but at the top of the board, you know, the other two, Adam Scott and Thomas Dietrich are, are really interesting. You know, Dietrich has good history here—a 22nd and a runner-up finish. I just worry that he was playing a lot better um, leading into those years than he is now. He's not playing horribly right now, but it's just. A lot of average or slightly above average golf all over the globe. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I'm as convinced. When you get a price tag this big, that Dietrich can be the guy.
2: That's that's the issue. I mean, this play is fine. I I have no issue with this play. He's made a lot of cuts. You know, he, he made every cut since the Rocket Mortgage mm-hmm. that he's played in. He's putted very well, which is a good sign. Uh, it's just kind of hard to put your finger on what Thomas Dietrich is. <laughs> You know what kind? Like, how would you explain explain him? He's
0: yeah, he's like, what everywhere. He, but what
2: does he do well? <laughs> so, I guess you could say in one sense everything, um, but in the other sense he doesn't necessarily have a strength, which is pretty clear with Brendan Todd, pretty clear with Akshay, um, not so clear with Brent with uh, with Dietrich. I'm fine with playing him. I but I just I, it's hard to say that he's my guy. It's hard to make a case for him. And I'm fine with Adam Scott as well. Um, he's been playing some good golf. He's shown some really good stuff. Just his first time. It's his first time here. Um, it doesn't seem like a great fit, although he's a pretty good wedge player. Uh, he makes a lot of birdies, which I like both of those things. Been putting really well. I, I'm, I like Adam Scott. Why is he here? I don't know. I don't know.
0: Maybe he likes to to vacation here. He's kind of been playing. I don't want to say he's been playing a lot because he hasn't, but he did play two European tour events after the tour championship. He played the Zozo. He's playing here in Bermuda for the first time in his career. I don't know what his, maybe he's just trying to kind of stay sharp, stay active, stay competitive. I just don't know why he's here. Gearing up for TGL gearing up for the Boston common could be
2: very well. Could be, uh, I don't know. Maybe he just wants to pick off a win. Don't we all, uh, he could love, he could just love the Island. Maybe in the past, it hasn't worked out in the schedule. And it did this year.
0: I, I like the idea. I like it. Uh, living in a world where the only way Adam Scott can get to Bermuda is to play the Bermuda championship. <laughs> the only way <laughs> he can find yeah, the time in the schedule and the funds to get
2: there. Well, <laughs> these guys will say, I mean, you hear people talk about this stuff from time to time. I love this venue or I love this tournament. It just hasn't worked out for me. I know he's never played here, so he can't tell you about the tournament. But
0: yeah. It, I it, think
2: it, it, Bahamas too.
0: He's an island guy. Yeah, he does. Yeah, you're right. It is. Um, it is also kind of. I, I kind of connect him to Dietrich a little bit more because we mentioned how much we like Todd. We mentioned how much we like Akshay. The idea of paying ten thousand five hundred dollars for Thomas Dietrich when you could pay ten thousand seven hundred for Adam Scott, who I think is just clearly the class of this field, it just makes it so awkward for Thomas Dietrich.
2: Yeah, it, it's hard to fit him in if there's a huge ownership advantage. I'd be fine to play him. It, yeah, but it yeah. doesn't feel it doesn't feel right. No. I Thomas D. is my my top guy.
0: Yeah. I mean, what we're trying to do on a Monday afternoon is, you know, we don't know what the projected ownership's gonna look like over the course of the next couple of days. We don't know what the wind and the weather. Tea times are not out yet. Like we're do, we're just trying to put the puzzle pieces in a general location right now on a Monday afternoon. And the Thomas Dietrich puzzle piece is like, is that even from this puzzle? Like where is the, was this in the back of the closet? Where did we find it? And, and I don't think it's a, I don't think he's poorly
2: priced. You know, I, I don't think it, this is like a mistake from DraftKings. Kings. I think he, it's reasonable that he's in the 10 K range. I mean, could you switch him with Todd or Akshay? Sure. Um, But it's reasonable that he's up here. It's just, it's hard to, it's hard to choose his name with these other three up here.
0: The 9K range offers uh, some more options, obviously. Lucas Herbert, 98. Alex Norin, 96. Lucas Glover, right in the middle at 9,500. Ben Griffin, Luke List, Taylor Pendrith, and Doug Gim round out the 9K range, Greg. How would you like to allocate our funds here?
2: All right. Um, Well, first, I think this is a good week for Lucas Glover. I think it's a really good spot for him. I agree. Now, last week, he got back into action for the first time. He's played here once before in 2022. was a tied 63rd. He's a completely different player this go around. And I like the fact that he played last week, if nothing more than just a warm up, get back into the groove of competition. So now playing for the second week in a row, um, his, he's very accurate off the tee, which doesn't necessarily matter, but he's a very good wedge player, a good wind player and wedge player. And it gives him, he gives himself a ton of birdie looks as, as many as anybody in this field, a ton of birdie looks inside of 15 feet. And I think that's going to be really important. So he will put his new putting style. If you still call it new, um, I mean, He's coming up on what, eight months now using it. He's going to, he's going to put that to the test a lot this week. And, and I really like that.
0: I'm, I'm worried a little bit about the putter. You know, he has had the weeks where he's gone nuts and he's converted them into wins. And he's also had some weeks where he's just lost with the flat stick. And I mean, losing strokes, not like that. He is confused and completely lost, but right. Th- it's, it's kind of been a, a little bit of both. Now when he puts, well, he gets the most out of it. This is By far a better setup for him than last week was. Well, I mean, we we talked about it. Cabo, what 95% fairways being hit? That that is Lucas Glover normally. That's not good when everybody else gets to hit that many fairways. And now you turn this into a wedge fest. And I had the stats up here. I mean, he is just completely dialed from most proximity buckets, but the short ones, the 125 and in, he is just he just shreds. He So he may be my favorite play. Maybe he and Todd are
2: my two favorite plays in the whole field. Ak- Akshay, hoping that's contrarian, mm. hoping that's good con- because that's an upside play. Um, But I love the I love the Lucas Glover play. Uh I'm glad we agree on that. Rick, also on my list. Well, I got a guy with a question. I'm not going to go to him
0: yet. Okay.
2: Uh, I like going back to Taylor Penderth as well. Yeah. We went to him last week. He was kind of in the core group. It seemed like a golf course that was a perfect fit for him. He ended up finishing tied 15th. I thought we were going to get better than that.
0: Um, Well, I think, and I can pull this up. I'm pretty sure he was horrible on Thursday and then like way better, like like really good the rest of the week. I think that's right.
2: I don't remember the scores. I'll see if I can find it. But I think that's right. While you're looking that up, here in Bermuda, he's played here once, 2021,
0: and he came and tied fifth. Um, yeah, he who, lost two and a half strokes to the field on Thursday. Then he gained over three, over two, over two the rest of the week. I mean, if you flip that, I mean, that's, he played himself out of it on Thursday, fought back, finished T-15. It's awesome. And, and I think Taylor Pendrith, with his um,
2: his iron play and approach game, coming towards the end of this year, uh, was since you know the uh, early part of July was really quite good. And you don't really think that way with Taylor Pendrith. you think of length, but his iron play has been great. so i'm I'm a big fan of that.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. You mentioned that he finished uh, fifth here 2022, which was, uh, this is a weird one. That was two years ago. It was not last year's event. Um, two years ago. Okay, so Pedrith is $9,100. Lucas Glover's in the middle at 95. The other one that I continue to be interested in is is, is Ben Griffin. Um, he finished third here uh, last year, Greg. He had a runner-up in Jackson. He played well in Cabo, and he's just kind of like, I, I, think, I think we're just getting improvement from him pretty consistently and i'm i'm interested to see what he does in 2024 but i think this is a a relatively good spot for him
2: yeah you know what my first instinct is oh this is not a great spot for ben griffin because he can spray it off the tee Mm. um but i i kind of i think he kind of can i i don't know if that's a huge problem here so I like the c- consistency and improvement. Um, my initial take is um, I'm not in love with it, but I, I actually think upon further review that you can play Ben Griffin this week. And he may, it may be a good start for him. Who was the question mark guy? Alex Noren.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, I Potter. always get him wrong. <laughs> and, you know, he played really well at the Shriners mm-hmm. and the approach play which seems like the key to his success. He hits it well with his irons. He can, he can contend Mm -hmm. if he doesn't, it's going to be very middling. Um, but I love what he does on the greens and, and he seems like a guy who can handle the wind
0: as well. Yeah. Basically the last four times that he's gained strokes on approach, he's finished T3, T13, T9, T12, uh, if he doesn't, it's yeah, like you said, Greg, it's it's probably going to just be like an okay week. Nothing special because he's always a great putter. He can fill it up there. It, I, he caught my attention, uh, earlier as well. He's played here once he played here in 2019. He finished 15th.
2: Yeah. I, I think it makes, I think it makes sense
0: lot from a logical
2: standpoint. No, I like Glover a lot more mm-hmm. who's a hundred dollars cheaper than him. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely open to Norin. How about one other guy? Sure.
0: Doug Gim. What are your thoughts on Doug Gim? He's been playing better. Um, I also think that this is a golf course that is actually better for him than last week was, and he finished T 15 last week. So you're getting these tangible gains. It's just I think it's really gonna be can he make enough putts? Can he can he roll the rock enough to contend this week? Yeah.
2: It all it all comes down to that with him. Mm-hmm. Which I like. I like that most weeks, you know, he's got two missed cuts here in a tied 14th and you kind of get the sense that he putted. Well, one of the three, I can, <laughs> guess, you know. I can guess which one. <laughs>
0: yeah. So it, maybe it's a little too much of a dice roll, but I, I'm okay with Doug game too. All right. We're going to continue this conversation going down to the eights, the sevens, and even those pesky little sixes. But first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. The 8K range, Alex Smalley, Mark Hubbard, Nick Hardy, Ryan Palmer, Davis, Riley, Stuart Sink, Dylan Wu, Brandon Wu, MJ Duffy, Vince Whaley. Two things here, Greg. Number one, uh, Mackenzie Hughes withdrew just a bit ago, so I'll get him off the cheat sheet. We don't have to talk about him and we don't need to play him. That's number one. Number two, I hate it. I hate this entire range. I don't like anybody. I want to send it into the center of the sun. (laughs) Wow. Uh, okay. I'm not far off. I wrote down. I
2: I try to write down more names that we're going to get to. But I want to have some guys that I'm thinking about as I'm noodling on. In the AK range, I wrote down two guys. So my initial list is much more generous. And I'll let if I bring them up, I'll let you talk me off of them and cross them out. And I got plenty more. Well, this one is extremely thin. Um, the first name I wrote down was Mackenzie Hughes. (laughs) Yep. So (laughs) he crossed his own name off of that list. (laughs) Okay. So he's out.
0: Where else do we go? Uh, Realistically, probably nowhere. It's it. There's just a problem or problems with all of them. Talk to me about Vincent Whaley. He's the one, so I I think the two at the bottom, MJ Duffy, Vince Whaley, are good enough if you're if you if you need it. So so Vince Whaley has had I, I was very high on him last week. He made the cut. It, it wasn't anything special, but he has had a very good fall, and even dating back to his last start in the Corn Ferry at the end of August, he's got pretty, five good starts in a row. And we don't have the Strokes game breakdown from the wwt championship but he's been very well rounded this fall so i was willing to give him one more chance and i was willing to go to mj duffy who's been uh he's i mean he listened it's it's ugly on the second shot he drives it well he can put it well the thing that he does um is a lot on the fantasy scoring side greg so he is so volatile with birdie birdie bogey bogey that he actually outpaces a lot of his finishing positions with fantasy points because he, he, he does it in that way. But I mean, my short list of golfers includes a guy who has missed four out of his last five cuts. Like it it is obscene. Yeah. The hard thing for me with him is
2: the strength being the driving on a golf course where I don't really think driving is very important. That's just my one. Yeah. Challenge. Yeah, no, I prefer to go to the other 8K guy who's been playing some really good golf. But it's just my preference. I'm right there with you. This this range is. Yeah, be perfect for Mackenzie Hughes.
0: I mean, just I mean, just kind of quickly. I mean, Alex Smalley has great history, but nothing recently. Hubbard on paper is good, but he has struggled as of late. Hughes is out. Nick Hardy hasn't been good since the win. Ryan Palmer's. Fifth place finish last week is like his first top 30 in six months. Davis Riley struggled. Stewart sink has only done damage on the champions tour. Dylan Wu and Brandon Wu. I like I was a Dylan Wu truther and he's a struggle. Like I'm just, there's nothing here. There's nothing here.
2: Nope. Which probably means the winner's here somewhere. For
0: sure. The top (laughs) five guys are in this range,
2: but I'm staying away for the, I mean, I'm fine with Whaley. But I was looking through this, combing through, making my list. I'm saying, what is the, what are we gonna do? What's the seven? What's the seven K range gonna look like? It's better. Than Fortunately, this. it got better.
0: It did. It, it did get better. More playable guys. Just to kind of talk about Alex Smalley here. I, I, I mean, he's he's gone through a lot of different phases already in his young career. He's got two very strong finishes here: a twelfth and an eleventh in the last two years. He is not the player that he was statistically kind of in the spring where he was on those ball striking gains. He's he's pretty far removed from that. The putter's always been a problem. I, I, and I think he's he might be the class of this range just because I think he's a very talented golfer. But what we're getting from him right now is pretty useless, and it's useless on this golf course.
2: Yeah. I like his past results. Yeah, of course. You know, you can go... On a golf course like this, that can really,
0: it can it can be helpful. Just pure course horse. It's is it is it is it so unique? Is it so different enough that a guy can just show up and say, yeah, "I've I've picked this place apart before."
2: It's really windy, yeah, and kind of overrule some of your past tendencies because all of a sudden you got to play completely different shots. So, it it can. Like it can throw out the previous stats, if that makes sense. If it's not windy, well, you have a lot of wedges in. So you, can you get hot with your with your short iron swing for? Yeah, yeah, you can. Uh, I don't love. I still don't love going that way. I know Patrick says in the chat. Um, you know, everyone who's one year has kind of come in on pretty bad form, but that does, that doesn't mean that you pick guys who are in bad form. You know, those are, those are still outliers, but I do think the wind has something to do with it.
0: Yeah. And I also think that, you know, you're, you're making a point that like all these guys are capable of dialing, like dialing their wedges and they're professional golfers. Yeah. Right. So you, you kind of get into a situation where it's like, all right, just go, you know, large greens, take, take dead aim and see how hot you can get. I don't know, man, this range stinks. Let's move on. $7,000 range. Lonto Griffin and Peter Quest at the top, along with Kevin U. Troy Merritt. You get a couple of names like Kramer Hickok and Martin Laird in the middle of the 7K range, then the bottom of the 7K range. You've got uh, Brent Grant, Cameron Percy, Hank Lebiota, Jimmy Walker, amongst others. There are some uh, much more viable options, in my opinion, here in this range. Yes. Um, you have uh, Adam
2: Long. Or as Patrick says, Adam, accurate. Hasn't missed a fairway in a while. Uh, hasn't missed a fairway in a while. And that's not part of the analysis here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, three straight top 35 finishes. Granted, two of them were T-35s. It's, been, cool. it's been kind of pale for a while. <laughs> um, maybe the pale play of the week. Oh, boy. Which we haven't had in a while. I, I, I like that for Adam Long. On a golf course like this, he's he has one start here. It's a t forty four, not really a big deal, but seems to be hitting the seems to be doing everything okay, and hasn't quite excelled in anything except last week hitting all the fairways. Although that wasn't even really an impressive thing, it really wasn't. <laughs> he was the only
0: one to do it. There but, were other guys who did it for a round at a time. It just, it wasn't even that impressive. The field average is ninety four percent. I'm kind of surprised there wasn't somebody else who did it. So
2: Yeah, right. There were a couple guys who hit 55 out of 56. But anyway, my point is, I like the way he played last week because of the T23. It is probably a sign he's swinging. All right. Uh, But there are other signs as well beyond just that. So he made my list. Um, You know, another one I'm kind of interested in, Rick, Mm. is and and he's coming off of two missed cuts. Perfect. Marty Doe. Okay. Uh, I really like that. I really like what he's done with his iron play. He makes a lot of birdies. Ton of birdies. Which I love. Um, and I'm I'm very interested, even though he's missed his last two cuts. T 17 and his one start here. I think it's a good spot for him. Uh
0: there are there are a couple of of guys that have my attention here. So I've I've made the case for Harry Hall some weeks. I think this is this is statistically, so So there's like two spots that I think I'm comfortable playing Harry Hall. One is TPC Summerlin, where I know he knows the place and he's out there all the time and all that fun stuff. The statistical place is here. The only thing that Harry Hall does on the PGA Tour that separates himself from the rest of the field, he only does two things, wedges putting. and putting there's the only two ways that on a regular basis he beats the field and those are the two things that i think are most important this week so yeah Yeah. all right i get it you know it's so this is the hard
2: thing about these kind of weeks because a guy that leans on wedges and putting (laughs) we don't like you know it's it's kind of not fun to play it this does if you're watching on youtube right now this page on rickrungood.com for harry hall does not look good
0: no it no it doesn't (laughs) i wish it was the pale play of the week it's not pale (laughs) it's not pale uh Um, so i get i i totally get it it's just some you might have to get uncomfortable i have i have this one for you too the optimal lineup last week the best possible lineup that you could have built so it was Eric Van Royen, Matt Kucher, Camilo Vijegas, Justin Suh, Ryan Palmer, and Andrew Putnam. That was the best possible lineup that you could have put together for $50,000 or less. It scored 855 points. It cost, Greg, $46,200. The most expensive golfer was Justin Suh at $8,900.
2: We have never on this show talked about... Thinking about starting in the 8K range.
0: <laughs> thinking about starting the 8K range, Greg? You thinking about it? Like, that has never come out of my mouth.
2: I'm going to leave a couple of grand on the table.
0: Yeah. Uh, has that ever... Is that the lowest... I mean, do you have records the, of that? Yeah, I've got to look through it. Um, There has been... A couple. Of, uh, th- that's kind of getting down towards the lowest. I don't know if there's ever been anyone, anything in like the forty-five thousand dollar. You get a couple of forty-sixes, a couple forty-sevens. It's not that crazy, Um, but that's that's very much skewing on the low end.
2: Whew. I mean, I I uh, the, I don't even know how you would get yourself to fill out that
1: lineup.
0: The, yeah, the part that I like about it is sometimes you'll see like a forty-six thousand dollar lineup that maybe had the ten k guy who wins. And then like a bunch of six K guys. This one did not have a golfer more expensive than eighty nine hundred dollars. No. And if you're going stars and scrubs, you paid the price. Yeah, just go scrubs. Scrub. I'm going. This is a scrub week. (laughs) Scrubs and scrubs. Um, I I got another name for you here. Yeah, I got a couple more. Go ahead. Um.
2: Okay. These. I'm going to give you two at once. Okay. Ryan Moore and
0: Russell Knox. Oh. Okay. I I was doing a deep dive on Russell Knox earlier. Let's start with Ryan Moore.
2: Okay. Uh, Again, kind of golf course that this is a totally different style of golf course for him. All of a sudden, he can compete. He still hits it as straight as can be. I know you don't need that here, but he doesn't have any ball speed. He can't keep up on the PGA Tour because of his ball speed, yet he's able to finish tied 38th last week. At the Shriners, able to finish T13. He can get extremely hot with the putter, and he's one of the best wedge players out here. So, R- Ryan Moore, this is the difference with Harry Hall, who I just don't think Harry Hall is a very good ball striker. I think Ryan Moore is, but the golf courses are too long. Mm. You know, so he steps on the first tee at a disadvantage um, with his ball striking, but it's really quite good just he's not going to keep up with the guys he's playing against here. I think it holds up. Uh, and and I, I, I look at his form and I think that is explained in the golf courses. He competes at, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a big up, uptick in performance out of him.
0: Russell Knox is the mystery man this week. Nothing about this profile makes any sense whatsoever. And I have gone Here's a pro. Yeah, well, here's a con. Well, here's a pro. Yeah, well, here's a con. So statistically, he has been um, basically inside the top 15 of strokes gained of anybody in this field. It's a very, very weak field for like the last 50 or 100 rounds. Now, despite that, he does not have any top finishes. He does not have a top 25. This calendar year, the last one was
2: the RSM classic, which is next 2022,
0: which is next week is going to be the one year anniversary of that. Yeah, but he has been a fairly prolific approach player. The putter is not horrible and his history here is some of the best history you can get t11 t16 t12 t49 what in the wild world of russell knox is going on
2: the finishing positions worry me they stink you know right (laughs) and he does
0: what's so important so well which which means the finishing (laughs) positions have to be better but they're not
2: they're not (laughs) and and so that's uh a little concerning to me he's like a Maybe it's because he's so far back. He's hitting good shots from a long way back and he doesn't have to hit him close to
0: gain strokes. Maybe he's having two good rounds and two bad rounds every single week. Like I, I don't, you know what I mean? It's so yeah. strange. I spent so much time pouring over this profile earlier because I couldn't believe what I was seeing because, because when you look and, and then he's been phenomenal here and this would be a pretty good spot for him.
2: I, I, Again, I can roll, I can take finishing positions of recent form and kind of throw them away in a week like this.
0: He's a phenomenal wedge player.
2: Phenomenal. Uh, yeah. And that's going to get highlighted this week. And I don't think it gets highlighted most weeks. What's his driving distance? You just had his stats up there. Uh, distance, all drives, he's 180th, 280. Yeah. Yeah. He's hitting at 280. That's the problem. So he is. He is hitting the ball in the fairway or not into a position that is sometimes 40 yards behind guys and he's hitting the green. It's a ton of greens. Right. What's uh, he is fourth on the PGA tour in greens regulation. Yeah. So he's coming in with five irons and six irons and hitting the green and gaining strokes because he's coming in from 200 yards. But other guys are coming in from, 140 yards.
0: Yeah, and you can see this. I mean, he is 16th in par three scoring and outside the top 100 in par four and par five scoring because he has to hit like a tee shot on those on those holes. <laughs> well, and and you got to make 3.0 is pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in par three scoring,
2: so he's not giving himself putts for birdie. And then the putting, why is the putting not bad? Well, he's hitting it far enough away from the hole where you don't have to make them to gain strokes on these putts. So this is all a distance game. And here, I don't think it is. So I'm very much pro Russell Knox this week. And I I get, I'm attracted every week because of the (laughs) approach
0: play. But uh, I think this really makes sense. It is such an interesting situation. I actually wrote wrote about him in my email newsletter which will go out tomorrow but th- this i just could not believe i'm glad you brought him up it's so it's such an interesting case study
2: yeah mm-hmm. i think
0: i think this is uh i think we could see a top finish this week maddie schmidt seventy seven hundred dollars uh just quickly he's been playing a, a global game he finished runner up in europe i think two starts ago yeah andalusia masters which was the start before uh, Cabo. So he he played well there, and then I thought there was one other. He might be it, the- uh,
2: quick on Maddie Schmidt. Yes, is there another one in the six k range as well? There
0: is a Maddie Schwab. Oh, Schwab. Oh, got it. Got it. <laughs> here, there you go. If that's not yeah. enough for you. That's it. There they both are. Yeah.
2: Okay. Because I saw, I was like, wait a second. I wrote down Maddie Schmidt in the seven k range, and yeah. I and now he's here in the. I get it. My mistake. All
0: good. Um, Austin Smotherman shot like a 64 on Sunday. Yeah. Finished T23 here last year. I think I'm kind of interested in that. And I thought there was one more. Maybe he's in the 6K range. Smotherman T35
2: at the Shriners. T23 in Mayakoba. Pretty good stuff.
0: Pretty good stuff. All right. I think I'm done in this range. Pat and Kazar. Oh, yeah. He modeled out well for me. Let's see. Let's look up his profile because he, and I was like, I got to remember to look into. Yeah. 15th in Cabo. He's made three out of his last four cuts. That's pretty pale as well. Or he's getting closer, getting closer to pale. Yeah. He had a stretch where it, it was pretty ugly for a while, but, but, the, you know, the thing about him
2: where he really starts to pop up is if you compare it to like uh, the Sony Open. He's one there tied seventh there tied
0: 13th there. Yes. Um, Yes. What else would you compare this to pebble beach? Pebble. Yeah. Or you could just like, yes, you could either go like short, you know, short positional golf courses or something like that, which, I mean, uh, there's a lot of what you could do coastal or you could do pebbles. Good one. I mean, you could do Hilton head. That's obviously just more positional, but if you just look at um, short golf courses, so like golf courses under 7,000 yards I think you get to Patton Kazire pretty quickly, if I'm not mistaken. But like some of the top players are Adam Scott, Lucas Herbert, Thomas Detry. There's Maddie Schwab. The other one, six hundred dollars. Yeah. So there, there are some guys that tend to thrive on um, shorter golf courses.
2: Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I think I think could be one of
0: them. And after last week, maybe a player of interest. $6,000 $6,000 range, Bryce Garnett, Harrison Endicott, amongst others, at $6,900. The middle, uh, Kyle Westmoreland, Sung Kang, Trevor Cohn. Uh, the bottom, also, George Bryan is in this field. George Bryan, uh, Wes's brother, is 6200 And Richard Sim, uh, excuse me, Richard Johnson, Michael Sims,
2: $6,000. Big fan of Richard S. Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really like the guy. It's a great golf swing. He's so fun. He was a member, down at medalist when I worked there, and was on the range all the time. But um, he's never made a DFS lineup of mine, and I don't think it's going to start this week. Unfortunately, he doesn't. He doesn't get the reps, you know. The, and he's dealt with some injuries, so uh, no knock on him. But boy, this is a really tough range. It seems like we like the odd numbers.
0: Yeah. How about, how about this? Okay. So this is another interesting profile. Brian gay. Yeah. uh, Who's now mostly playing on the champions tour, playing a lot on the champions tour. So his last handful of champions tour results, T 11, T five, 10th, 14th, 30th, T 12. Those are all great. Here's his last handful of PGA tour results. Miss cut, miss cut, miss cut, miss cut, cut, miss cut. Here's his history in Bermuda, 11th, 12th, win, and third. you want to yeah. try to decipher that?
2: Riddle me that. I mean, if you need a 6K guy, he 6K guys generally aren't very, there's usually not 6K chalk. Would you agree with that? Generally, yeah. There might be 6K chalk here. Because, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to look at, but there's nothing to look at in anybody in the 6K range. So course history is a great place to go. And I'm fine with taking a shot for another year for him like you are with Harry Hall. I, you know, I I think it can make sense. He loves the place and he's a great player, but he's again, he's in the Russell Knox camp. He's too far back to compete.
0: It affects all of his stats. The the thing that I find interesting I find that he's probably just outclassed in these PGA tour events, but it's not like he's playing poor golf. He's contending on the tour that he generally resides on, which I, yes. which I think is a good, it's not like he's, it's not like he's losing to everybody. And a 6,800 yard golf course. Yeah.
2: Right. That there is- are, there are guys that are bad ball strikers cause they're, Dumping it in the bunker with a wedge in their hand because they're hitting it into penalty areas. They're spraying it all over the place. Right, that—that's one kind of bad ball striking. Another is, okay, I'm hitting three woods into par fours, and other guys are hitting nine irons, um, and that's the, those are no longer birdie opportunities. I think you're, I mean, three wood maybe a little extreme, but Brian Gay's kind of in that camp where you got to. Lean heavily on the short game and the putting if you're going to even make a cut.
0: Satoshi Kodaira is usually a guy you fire up on like these short wedge fest because he's one of the best wedge players on tour, but he just cannot putt. So he does like he does half of the two things that I need. He only does one of them.
2: I don't fire him up
0: anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Saves you money. Trust me. I I mean, I always his name
2: always catches my eye because I know he's a big. You know, people love him in the fantasy community, and I, I can't get there. Um, I I wrote down two other names, okay. and I'd I'd rather, I'd probably rather play Brian Gay, quite frankly. Okay, uh, David Lingmurth. I don't know why. You could look. There's what did no I reason. Just
0: see about Lingmurth. I thought he. I'm gonna check to make sure he didn't withdraw. I might just be thinking of somebody else's name, but I saw right before we fired this up. Let me just check. Um no, I think we're good. All right. Yeah, we're Well, good. make sure there's no O next to his name before he's, you play. Him. He's in. He's in. I must have been thinking about somebody else. Uh and Jason Duffner. Oh, Duff Daddy. Is yeah. it Duff Daddy season? It could, it
2: could be. I mean, it's just Duffner. Oh man.
0: Look at his. I mean, I don't know. Any, I don't know much about union home mortgage, but when that's on your when that's your like chess sponsor? I'm not sure things are going great. Uh, Rick, he, he's he's doing fine. <laughs> he's I, I, I'll for, think this show for
2: Duffnering.
0: This show, this show we'll, we'll be sponsored by Union Home Mortgage. Sure. <laughs> mortgage rates are on <laughs> <at> an all-time <laughs> high. Maybe they can help us out. <laughs> right.
2: Great time to be in that business. Um,
0: the stat profile is actually not bad for Duffner.
2: No, it's quite good. And again, another See, this is the thing. I want to make this very clear because I've named off a bunch of guys who can't compete on a regular basis because of <laughs> distance. That doesn't mean I prefer shorter hitters this week. The only thing that means is I, I believe these guys are playing better than their profile says. And the reason is the distance and the distance is not a requirement here. Does that make sense? Uh, Makes sense to me for so, sure it's not like go get all the short hitters, but when you're down in the six K range and nobody's making a cut and nobody is putting a green square in any of the categories on Rick uh-huh. instead of throwing dice, maybe we can reason our way through how somebody is missing the cut or finishing tied 59th uh, or tied 66 or tied 45th, which are the last two finishes for Jason Duffner.
0: Um, Um, there was a question in the chat from DB in regards to, hold on, (laughs) let me pop my collar for this Camilo (laughs) Vigegas. And if you're interested in going back to Vigegas off of a runner up finish last week in Cabo, uh, his best finish on the PGA tour in quite some time.
2: Oh, I am a huge fan and certainly rooting, but it doesn't, it kind of feel like chasing
0: a little bit. Yes. A hundred percent. It's just, I mean, right. Remove the fact that I hope he runs away and wins this thing by 10 shots. Uh, and just looking at the, the history that we have on him for, for the past couple of years, the lightning in a bottle was, was last week. Very unlikely that that happens again.
2: It's, uh, yeah, I guess chasing points is another fantasy football term we can throw in there. Chasing the points of last week. I don't want to do it. Um, And I don't want to let emotions impact the buttons that I push.
0: Okay. Speaking of football, Josh, you can drop my screen out. I think we're done talking about talking about golf here. A little bit of breaking news, Greg, as I'm sure you are aware, the New York uh, J E T S jets, jets, jets are playing on Monday night football with, if you're watching live in about two hours from now. Yes. A tweet. Just came out of some warmups, and Aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball about fifty yards in the air during warmups right now, and we are about two months removed from his Achilles injury, a torn Achilles, and preceding surgery. Yes, I mean that he has been. Like a- he, he got surgery, right? He didn't yeah. try to like do it himself. Okay. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me. I there. know. That's why I had to th- actually confirm that he had the surgery.
2: Yeah. I mean, they reported that he had the surgery. That's true. Yeah, I, don't, I was not there. I-
0: true. Was, <laughs> he, was he vaccinated or was he... Uh, what's the Immuni- word? Immunized. Immunized. Yes. Did he have surgery or was he repaired or was he... Yeah. Who knows, actually.
2: I. That whole thing is insane. If you wanted to, and I quite frankly, don't care enough to go down this rabbit hole. But if you wanted to go full on tinfoil hat, conspiracy theory, you could have a field
0: day with this one. He is, is he not human? Like what, like how, why? Well, apparently they did some new kind of surgery. Sure.
2: Right. There was a new technique in the way that they sewed the tendon together that allowed for stronger, faster healing. Um, look, I w- I'll say this. There was a time where an ACL injury was a career ender mm-hmm. ever recovered. And once it happened, it happened again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, you miss the rest of the year, you come back and you might be better.
0: Adrian Peterson was the first guy that I remembered yes. doing that. Yeah. And then everybody came back like that. Tommy John surgery is kind of the same way. It's like, you got a new arm sick yeah it, it's you miss a lot of time it takes time to
2: recover but it doesn't have the
0: okay like, are the we giant
2: like- guy jason c you remember jason c yeah c- yeah he tore i think it was an acl and it ended his career it's a, and i remember talking to my dad about it you tear these ligaments you lose a step and you're done
0: mm-hmm. and it's not the case anymore are we like 50 years away from an ACL injury being like a day to day injury? <laughs> like, oh, I towards ACL, but we'll check in at the end of the week. <laughs> like concussions now. Yeah. He's just like, he's trending towards, he's trending towards being good, back to go. on good to go Friday.
2: I don't know. What is it? Is there, could you just replace the tendon? Is, is there some technology where you just have a new tendon that, it's hard to maybe, imagine. Maybe they'll
0: but. just do entire leg replacements. Just like F1. <laughs> Take that leg off, put this one on, you're good to go. In game. In game. <laughs> In, yeah, he's out for the first half. We'll be back after halftime. We got it. It takes a couple minutes. It takes about 20
2: minutes. He yeah. should be back for the final drive.
0: Yeah, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Bye.
2: That's wild.
0: All right. Well, good luck tonight. Uh thank you. Chargers, right? I almost called them the San Diego yeah. Chargers. That would that's not yeah. correct anymore. Okay. Yeah. Well. We will cover, I guess, whatever Aaron Rodgers is up to, and also the Bermuda Championship with a mega preview pod on Tuesday and a Sunday uh, recap episode. Uh, but for now, I want to give a big thanks to producer Josh, who does all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg Ducharme is available on Twitter at the Real GFD, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.